It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. We have made it to episode number 175, and we want to thank you wherever you are tuning in, whether that's right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, We appreciate you coming back and listening each and every time and downloading the episodes and all of that good stuff. However, if you are listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, Google Play, anything that takes ratings, if you want to comment, that's fine too, or the five-star ratings really help us kind of get out there. That's the best way to help support the show. I know a lot of people have been asking. You guys have been doing a fantastic job just doing it by word of mouth. We want to continue that. So um, the, the reviews go a long way. And uh, like I said, the five-star ones help. We got a pretty exciting show as we have, we have a brand new co-host joining us right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, uh, let's get into it. Let's say hello to him right away. Welcome to the BGN crew, Mr. Adam Harriman. Adam, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm well. I'm well, and I'm excited to talk about football in July. What a life we yes. live. <laughs> We're bringing you in right where you can pee in your face and uh, <laughs> and talk about, have some uh, some wild takes. James Zeltzer, of course, as always, here with us. What's happening, pal? Yo, Johnny, excited to have Adam here. I'm a, I'm a big Adam Herman fan. I've known Adam for a few years, but um, I just want to let everyone know that um, I have written everything that I'm going to say myself. There has been no plagiarism, no speedwriters involved. <laughs> everything that I'm saying is my own thoughts, words, ideas, okay? I'm just putting I'm that pretty out there. Sh- pretty sure I'm going to pull something out from... Birds twenty four seven, and it's going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be the same. James yeah, I, I was lying. I'm literally reading from a Jimmy Kemsky column verbatim <laughs> when I talk. So. He's going to he's going to gloss over the stick figures and just go. That's right. Oh, I'll That's read right. the stick figures. Get ready for that. <laughs> Uh, so we are just about a week away from training camp, and I guess that's what I've kind of been noticing here, fellas, is there's been, obviously, look, I get it, the the five best things that you're looking for in, in training camp and, and this and that and what battles you're looking out for. Let me just hit everybody with a little bit of reality, and this is kind of why it's a little bit of ho-hum. 
Does anybody really care about any training camp battle this year at all, other than seeing Carson Wentz take the field? Because that is really it. I mean, sure, we want to see Smallwood. Of course, we want to see the speedy titan of Chris Givens come out and have that magical, magical chemistry that he established with Sam Bradford in St. Louis. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of curiosity of things going on here, but there's really nothing I am really looking forward to in training camp here, James, other than Carson Wentz. Am I wrong in saying that? John, I mean, I feel like our entire fan base is just shaking their head at you right now. I mean, we have Caleb Surges <laughs> versus Cody Parkey going on. So Sorry, my apologies. <laughs> no, man, I, I couldn't care less. Honestly, I, I just want to see Wentz. Uh, nothing, you know, look, I, I'm excited to see Schwartz out there on the sideline yelling a little bit and, you know, kind of see some, just to see the guys back on the field, uh, obviously, is, is exciting, but... No, man, like there's not that anything really. There are no like position battles that are super intriguing. There, There's nothing really that exciting other than just the whole Wentz-Bradford quarterback drama. I mean, you know, I guess I'm excited to see Peterson out. I mean, I don't know, man, like there really isn't anything to be excited about with training camp, which which may explain some of the kind of the lack of general buzz around the city heading into training camp. You know, usually you're, you're six days out, five days out, four days out from training camp and you know, people are losing their minds. You know, we're, we're just nonstop Eagles. And, you know, right now, this is Ben Simmons' town, man. Yeah. Happy birthday, Ben, by the way. Happy, yeah. Happy birthday, Benjamin my Simmons. Man, beautiful my man, my favorite. Man. I love you. I love you, Ben. Happy birthday. I love you so much. I can't even stand <laughs> oh I feel like it's Jesus. my birthday. I feel like it's what my happened? birthday. What just happened here? Sorry. I mean, like, uh, I, mean, I know. Don't, I, we, I, don't we all feel this way? I, I think we have to. Especially with. Especially with the uh, Adam, do you see his picture today? By the way, just yeah. hanging out with the a beautiful Sixers jersey and a really expensive car. Just uh, that's know. what I look uh, like at twenty. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Adam, are you feeling the same way though? As far as like leading up to training camp, is there anything that uh, you're kind of looking at that maybe isn't being said right now? Um, no, I I completely agree. I it feels like this is a Sixers town, which is you know coming off 10 wins that's kind of surprising um but there's just this has been already deemed a placeholder season so it's so hard to get excited for a placeholder season when you know nothing really matters until once takes the field and you know that's not happening this year um well and that's and that's been kind of an issue and i want you to to keep going with it here adam but this is this is kind of like the old new news came up again mm -hmm. right like so there was I, i can't remember if it was pft or anybody else that is, hey, you know, Carson Wentz is more than likely to be inactive on game day. That isn't new. That is not new information. We've known this forever. Why suddenly, Adam, are people freaking out about it again? Um, because it's it's easier to to put it off in the in the distance and say, oh, maybe you know this will change, or maybe Bradford will get traded, and now it's you know we're here and he's still on the team and Daniel's still on the team, and you're like, wait a second. Wait, so we kind of wanted to see him, but it was never going to happen. You know, he's not ready, and it's the right move, but this is not news. It's, this is just reality, and people are kind of waking up from their Ben Simmons slumber to realize we don't get to see the other exciting young kid this year until next year. Yeah, and that's uh, – and I've – I think – I don't know, James. I think of you and I have had the kind of the same opinion on that where, you know, it doesn't hurt to sit. It doesn't. I mean, to learn – it, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really help you develop that fast either, especially with a guy who's who's not ready. I think it's okay to feel like, hey man, you guys invested a lot into this for this guy to come in here and just kind of sit for eight games or ten games or whatever. 
But at the same time, on the flip side, there's there's a 50-50 chance just as just as much as taking a quarterback and there's a 50-50 chance of it working or not working out here. I don't really care if he sits. I don't really care if he's inactive for the first few games. Um, and I can see it from both sides. But is there is there any new reaction for you when this comes back up again? No, I mean, yeah, you, we've talked about it, John. We I, I, we agree. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with him sitting, especially, you know, coming from one double A. I think there will be a, a you know, learning curve. Uh, but having said that, you know, it, it, I think the bigger issue is that it really does look like the Eagles intention and obviously things are going to change dependent upon winning or losing games. But it seems like their true intention this year is for Wentz to not play. You know, I, I think that that is their intent heading into this season is they want to win games and they want to compete. And I just don't think any Eagles fan, you know, obviously you want them to win games, but every single Eagles fan knows that this is a placeholder season and it, they're not winning the Super Bowl. I, I'm sorry. I know crazy things can happen. We've seen, you know, subpar or teams go on runs and whatnot, but this team is not winning the Super Bowl. So as a result, and especially knowing that whatever development you see from this offense this year is pretty much thrown out the window because Wentz is starting day one next year, you pray to God. Um, so, you know, it's it's it just, uh, John, we've talked about it. It's just this whole season, especially from an offensive perspective, it just it's hard to get jazzed for it because that you know what the end result is. You know that they're not winning the Super Bowl, and you know that you're likely not going to get to see a ton of the the one guy you want to see out there. Um, it's the only way you see him out there is if they lose games and, and fall out of contention. And, and you know, it's it, you're not going to root for that because we're Eagles fans. So it's 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 just a really tough spot to get too excited when you know that your future is kind of just sitting there waiting to be unsheathed. Yeah, and I understand from I understand both sides of the argument too. Like I I get it, and I think that there's, I think this kind of in a way, and I will give I'll give Doug Peterson a little credit here. I'll buy into it because he said that he didn't want Sam Bradford having to be looking over his shoulder, right? So this is a way to do that because if Bradford comes out there and screws up in the first couple of weeks, you're gonna hear the booze, and Wentz is right there on the bench then I think that creates that automatic tension that's going to be there. Doug only has to deal with the press conference afterwards with this performance. Will, would you like to see Carson Wentz active on game days? Is there an opportunity for him to ever have the backup role over Chase Daniel? So that kind of eliminates it. We just said, no, this is our plan, and we're going to stick with it and do that. I also think that this buys everybody time. This doesn't buy Wentz time. This gives Howie another year automatic. This gives Doug another year automatic. This gives It, it just works out in everybody's favor. It allows Sam Bradford to go out there and be the little darling angel of, uh, of trade bait to try and move him. So if there is... I, I doubt you would. I has I mean, can anybody remember? Has there been a starting quarterback that has ever moved in the middle of a season? Because I don't think that's ever happened. So I, you know, I if, can't if, remember that off ever. Off the top happened. of my head, no. If if by some miracle that is there, sure, great, and you can kind of move on from there. Adam, my only concern with this is just like James was kind of saying, if you're expecting Carson Wentz to start day one next year with three or four games under his belt. Uh, that's where I'm kind of, that's where I'm kind of like, well, um, I guess so. But if you, if that's your intention, he has to play. I mean, you have to play at least five or six games here. 
Is is that how you feel about Carson? I mean, we're just trying to get to know the uh, to know you, so we would just want to see where you're coming from this side. Yeah, I. Uh... He shouldn't go in next year with no, he shouldn't go in cold. You know, he shouldn't even, because preseason doesn't count. You know, he'll get the dress rehearsals, especially in the third game next season. But he needs to play at the end of this year. Even if, like you said, you know, pieces around him are going to be different. Maybe this is Jason Peters last year. Maybe the O-line looks a little different. Maybe the weapons look a little different. But he needs to get the game speed. And I, I think that sitting him this year makes perfect sense, especially when you have a coach like Doug Peterson, who is, you know, this quarterback whisperer. You've got a guy in Chase Daniel who can tell Carson Wentz about the quarterback whisperer who he's going to be working with for the next couple of years. It, it makes perfect sense, but he does need to see that game time or else I think week one it'll look really bad. And you don't want that first week of a rookie's first full season as like the guy to look really bad because that'll kill his confidence. And I know if Matt was here, he'd, he'd pull the, oh, great. Uh, but that's, to me... If and that's what still kind of sticks in my mind. Look, I'm already thinking about the next year because because of all these things, because of you know the supposed supposed wasted year and all this other stuff we keep bringing up here is that it, does that then give you a free pass for the, the first half of the season coming in? Because that then feels like okay, instead of going from a year, now we're at a year and a half, and are you really competing? Maybe. Who knows what's going to happen then? There could be three new different quarterbacks in the NFC East at that point and so on and so forth. But, yeah, I, I don't know. That That's just in the back of my head. I don't want to get too wrapped up in it because, listen, we just got to see how this thing kind of plays out. We have to ha- allow Doug Peterson actually coach some football games before we can be critical of really anything that they're doing, especially these guys exactly. here. With, with that, that's why I kind of – and listen, Elliot Shore Parks kind of threw this out here. There's some other things that we want to get into, like Aguilar and Peterson's things on, on sports science. We'll get into that in just a second here. But uh, t- t- somehow just tweeted out and got, got into a lot of conversation and there's a lot of screwed up things that was going on with ESP this past week with a really terrible blog hit piece type of thing. And I think we felt like – Oh man, what is what is? I, I feel completely completely bad. And then there was just this the right back to the uh, old school ESP where gets everybody thinking and uh, everybody thinks he's uh, you know I don't know bias or crazy or something like that. I didn't have a problem with it. I just thought it was interesting. Jalen Mills more of a lock to, to, for this team than Eric Rowe, and I was like, huh, that sounds like somebody might have said something to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't I don't see how that is possible james i don't see how on earth either by cut or by trade or anything else here uh that eric rowe would be moved more or less i just ran into that they really like jalen mills and i get the feeling that a lot of eagles fans are just buying that jalen mills is going to be spectacular without watching him uh, take one snap in training camp and not 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 seeing him do anything yet so but it's still interesting of note that Maybe should, we should be paying more attention to Jalen Mills, and that should be a focus on training camp coming out here. Well, we always do that, right? I mean, last year, Ja'Cory Shepard before the knee injury. This guy's our slot corner. He's going to be great. You know, six-round pick. We, we, You know, same type of guy who fell, not, you know, injury in that case. But uh, I think we do have a tendency to, to kind of expect a little too much out of, out of guys too soon sometimes. But, um, no, I'm, it was funny because that, that – I mean, not funny was that – the height of of douchery with that that hit piece on, on ESP, and I, I felt bad yeah, for Elliot. Terrible. I think we, it's a joke, it's a travesty. But regardless, uh, you know, I I, I think that um, you know, I thought that 
we all, there was an outpouring of love for ESP, which was nice to see because, you know, I, I don't agree with anything the guy says from a football perspective, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's still a human being and it was nice to see everyone, even people who don't like him as a beat reporter per se, um, kind of get his back in a situation where it was clearly just outrageous what happened to him. But uh, back to his football takes, you know, my, and this is one of my problems with ESP as a beat reporter is that this take, like, you can just tweet... Eagles coaches love Jalen Mills. He could start or something like that. You yeah. don't have to put the row thing in there. That's where it's just, you know, it's a hot take. It's unneeded because Eric Rowe is not, not making this roster. Sorry for the double negative, but Eric Rowe is <laughs> making this roster. Okay. He is making this roster. He was a second round pick last year who showed good things, who showed promise. It would be outrageous. <laughs> it would be outrageous, especially at a position where they're already thin. It's not like they have a ton of awesome guys to choose from there um so it's just it just that's my issue with it is if you want to say how much the team likes Jalen Mills or how good he's been or or your opinion on him fine say that and you could even say I think he's further ahead on the depth chart than Roe fine say that don't say don't even imply that that Roe might not make the roster in that case just because it just comes off as a hot take and it 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 takes away any credibility from the original point about Jalen Mills and switching to that, and I, I, th- I don't think there's anything we can add to that because, for the most part, we agree here. Adam, this is what is this is what I found funny is that I understand that there are a lot of people that want to get rid of anything to do the Chip Kelly ghost. I, I, and, sure. and and Eagles PR has done a fantastic job of doing that. I think I, I think they are there is nobody's talking about that right now. It feels like Chip Kelly's been gone for two years. I think that's very impressive thing to do. I I, I like I don't. He who's, doesn't the, even who's this Chip Kelly character? I've never heard the name. <laughs> I don't even know. He's just some guy. Is that a? It sounds like a, a cookie, you know. Uh, but the <laughs> not, not not a potato. Chip. Not a potato. No, not chip. A, well, it could be, could be. What other uh, dad jokes can we throw in here at this time? Uh, the the fact that here's the, here's the quote. It was something. It's, it's not verbatim, but something along the lines of, "Listen, we put the and I, he's still using the GPS monitors." Just like the previous regime did to see, hey, maybe you're, maybe that hamstring's a little tweaked. You want to slow it down? Do you want to shut a guy down? So I'm, I'm okay with that. But the fact that he comes out and says, well, you know, I don't need to monitor the sleep, and I, I can tell if a guy's well rested. I can <laughs> see if he's tired. <laughs> he just kind of Duh. blows your mind, like, uh, okay. So again, this kind of leads into the stuff, Adam, that slightly concerns us about. Yeah, it's old school and. This training camp is supposedly going to be tough. It's going to be a very Andy Reid style tackle to the ground type of thing. But what what is your read into that? Of like, yeah, I can tell a guy is tired just by looking at him. That sounds like something Mike Ditka would say on you know the Sunday countdown show. Yeah, no, that probably wasn't Doug's best uh, best endorsement of himself. That wasn't the best move. Um, I mean, every team has sports science stuff, right? Every team. Yes, and and the whole. Chip might have taken it a little too far. He wasn't that far ahead of other teams. I mean, other teams were doing similar stuff. Other people reported that, and there were features on other teams, sports science. Um, Doug's old school, and I think there is a part of Eagles fans who are really going to like that, though, especially because, you know, Chip's first two years, they were so thrilled, and then last year was such a fire. And I don't think that they'll be too uh, disenchanted by the fact that he's looking at guys' eyes instead of monitors to figure out if they need more rest, but I, I just don't think it makes too much sense. Um, I will. I still, once again, we need to wait for this guy to coach a game, but but 
That was a weird. It's comment. the mindset, though. Yeah, the, it's the it's still the process that I. It's just like okay, yeah. all right, yeah, uh, you, you know, and you're just you're just kind of hoping, it, it, right? You would think that it, they exactly you would think that the coach wants as much information, information. available as possible, and yeah. I know it's the difference. It's the difference here where they're playing the you know you've heard the emotional intelligence thing opening his heart and he generally does and that is that could be the difference between between all that stuff you could have all of the 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 fancy technology all the fancy information that you could need but stuff like this adam this is what i mean though i think the difference between the fact that he's allowing sam to not have to deal with the rookie pressure and you hear everybody say like he's a really good guy man of his word type of thing do you think that sometimes we get wrapped up in that where really smart guys necessarily don't make the best coaches or don't make the best decisions or et cetera, et cetera. We've obviously seen that last yeah. year with the ego scene. Is that kind of what all it takes? I don't know. Like that's why we, we were so ingrained to, uh, you know, is Bruce Arians really the smartest guy <laughs> on the planet here or does he just know how to push buttons? Is right. this, but but which version is it? Is Doug Peterson Bruce Arians or is Doug Peterson more Jason Garrett? You, <laughs> you know, like where, God, you certainly hope he's more them? Bruce Arians. Um, right, I, right. And I don't really love Bruce Arians as, uh, you know, some of the things he says and kind of the way he acts, the way he put down Chip's offense. I mean, a lot of that is just grandstanding and, and old-fashioned garbage, and I don't like much of that, but... I was talking with uh, Tyler Tynes, who was at Espionation now a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how he doesn't like Bruce Arians at all, but he sure knows how to get respect from locker rooms. And so he must be doing something right, you know, and and, and whether it's um, giving the players their space or respecting them as men, whatever that means, um, he's he's doing something right. So you kind of hope, you know, that this Peterson comment is more of him trying to get on players good side instead of being willfully ignorant and pushing away the information at his disposal, which has never been greater than it is in 2016, and you really should be using that information. But, I mean, Arians has made it work with a million-year-old Carson Palmer, so there's got to be something to the old-fashioned approach that, that Doug's trying to channel, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And James, this is, I know we've we've kind of had this conversation before, but, you know, is it... The, <laughs> Is head coach really the most important coach on the football team? Or is it really the guy that kind of, you know, is Peterson the guy that gets everybody together? And I'm not saying that he's dumb. He's obviously going to come in there with a game plan, offense, et cetera, et cetera. But we we mentioned it last week where people seem more excited about the extensions of him rather than actually him. Does it really matter for your head coach to be the guy, the one calling the plays? doing this doing that like making sure checking all those different boxes in there or can can this work can you have it so the guy is more of a a game the game planner and the rally around her and the rest of the guys take care of everything else is that a key to success um kind of uh like a a lot of questions in there Uh, what i'll say is that yes on the whole i do think that your head coach does have to be the guy I think he has to be the man in that locker room. I think he has to be the guy who is, I think it has to be his program. You know, I think that everything that happens, uh, you know, in NovaCare, if we're talking about the Eagles, everything that happens in NovaCare has to be under Doug Peterson's eye. It has to be something that he is involved in, that he knows about. They, obviously, you trust and you delegate. Um, but 
it has to be Doug Peterson's plan. You know, it has to be that head coach's plan to work, in my mind. But yeah, I think that he can kind of be uh, more of a motivator and a leader and and get away with having really good assistants around him who can do more technical stuff. Um, sure, I think that can work. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the best situation. Um, but when I'm talking about the guy, like I, you know, I, I don't want Doug Peterson calling the plays this year. Um, so I don't think that's part of it. I, I think it's, I want him worried about everything else. I want him worried about the game flow, about the clock, about all the other stuff. I don't want him worried about calling those plays. Um, so I don't think he has to be a play caller and I don't think he has to handle, you know, micromanage every little bit of it, but I think it has to be, he has to be the guy at the top. He has to be looked at as the leader, as the 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 guy who people will have to answer to if they you know screw up or whatever. I think that's important, uh, and, and we don't know if Peterson can be that guy or not. Uh, very plainly, um, and, and you know that that's my worry. My worry is that it seems like he's a really good guy. It seems like the players like him. I'm sure that he'll be someone who can you know appeal to that side, the emotional intelligence side. I just worry that maybe, you know, in in response to someone like Chip, who was so far the other way on that side, that they might have gone too far and worried only or more so about the emotional intelligence and less so about the the other stuff, the ability to scheme, the ability to run an entire program, the ability to, you know, like we're talking about with sports science, to worry about sports science, to worry about your coaches, to worry about your players, to worry about every single thing going on in that building. That's what we don't know, and that's where the worry comes from. I guess more or less that's what I mean, though, is like I, I, I just I think more than training camp, I really I, I more or less want to see the first preseason game. I want to see what is it exactly going to be what they're running in Kansas City? Is there some things? Obviously, you're you're going to get the but vanilla real quick, version Johnny, of that. Do you, yeah, yeah, that's what ahead. I mean. Like, how much are you going to take away from that? I know we'll get a but I, it's better than nothing. Yeah, you know, that's I what know. I'm but and I'm with you. No, I agree. But at the same time, it's like. I feel like we're not going to know until we see him coach, be the head coach of regular season football games. Yeah, yeah. I just mean in the terms, in the context of why I'm not really going to get too excited over training camp because, great, there's a couple of players you want to see out there. I want to see Wentz. I want to see Mills. I want to see, you know, I want to see uh, the kid from Oregon. You know, I want to see how that's all going to work I want to see Eric Rowe fight like hell to make the team. that's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, me too. But at the same time, I think I'm more excited just on that first that first taste of the preseason game, and I think that's where, where we're going to kind of towards the see here more or less too. I mean, I have to congratulate all of the NFL beat writers and all of the people that cover the NFL. Haven't I think it's because more or less here, uh, because it is Ben Simmons' town right now. There have not been. A majority of hot takes that have come in this July. By this time, this time last year, I think was our hundredth episode or something around that, and we just did a show where like I'm tired of listening to takes. Here's why I'm pissed, and we just yelled for about fifteen minutes to everybody. And I don't feel that way at all this year. So, so congratulations to everybody. But because of that, I think uh, that there needs to be some hot takes in the air leading up to training camp. There wasn't enough of them. Adam, do you have any hot takes coming into this season here? Um, I'm not known for my toasty takes, but uh, I guess, uh, you know, the the most contentious part of this whole team is going to be Sam Bradford's role in the offense and, and with his fans and will he play well enough and what if he plays too well? Um, I think, I guess my hot take is he plays all 16 games and throws 28, 
nine touchdowns, and he just looks yeah. good. And I, I think oh, he's going to be good. He, see, this, he, see what he's doing his first show? He's pandering to Barchard. I see how it is. I like this. I, 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 like I promise it. I had this before I found out that John is a Sam Bradford fan. I promise. Stan. That is Stan. Yeah. Thank you very much. As we discussed last week, James, give me the hottest take you have right now going into training camp. What, uh, uh, Jalen Mills will make the roster and Eric Rowe won't, isn't good enough? Um, no, I well, last week I, I gave, as we were, our, our sneaky concerns, I talked about Jim Schwartz, um, which, you know, I, I really don't think that that's going to happen, uh, that he's going to, uh, you know, I think we're overhyping it a little bit, but um, I'll give you this one, just because, you know, you stands are getting me all annoyed and pissed off. <laughs> Chase Daniel will start the most games and be the most productive quarterback on Ooh. this roster this oh, season. Boy. Suck it, Bradford. Yeah, that is a, that is a beautifully done. I don't even know if it's that hot. Is it's that really not. It's really not. You know, it's not. That's, that's <laughs> flaming. That's like flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I, uh, I will see that, and I will say that Nelson Aguilar is going to be – a f- uh, no, a twelve hundred yard Ooh. wide receiver. You almost year. went fourteen, didn't oh, you? Jesus. I almost went fourteen. Nice, dude. He's oh, wow. Twelve is insane. Twelve hundred yards. Love it. Uh, eight touchdowns, and he's gonna just forget about everything, including uh, all the uh, awfulness that kind of went on. Which, by the way, he's been cleared of now. So. Just a reminder, as we talked about a couple of episodes ago, that does not mean that every athlete that is accused of this does not make him automatically innocent. The the majority of numbers on this thing head towards the women. Don't point to this as an excuse every time. Well, it happened to Nelson. And it's kind of interesting that they're not pressing any other charges if there was solicitation that was going on inside of there, if that was really happening. Either way, I am glad that it is somewhat resolved here the da is not going to press charges nelson aguilar can start uh the season with that gentlemen hey, real but, quick before you move yes, on i'll throw do. you one more hot take on uh, based off your aguilar take i'll go the other way no eagles receiver gets a thousand yards this season is that even hot <laughs> that is oh, no. that is also probably completely possible oh yeah it's no, no faith in Matt. I could see him getting 950 or 900. I same with I could see Ertz in the 800s. I I I mean, look, I don't think that's going to happen, but I it, like I absolutely could see a scenario, especially if it's a a boring ball control type of offense. Like you know, if we're if it's going to be similar yeah. to Kansas City, I mean, look how how good have Kansas City receivers done the last few years? And we Not forget that those those Kelly numbers are are, are inflated. So oh yeah, man. You, so if you're going to slow down, if you're going to take away in volume, if you're going to take away 30 plays a game or 20 plays a game or whatever it ended up being, uh, yeah, I think that's going to affect them. Uh, I know that there's there's actually a lot of fantasy questions this week, so let us get into the mailbag. We want to hear from you. I have a Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. And we're going to start off with our good friend uh, Ben Wolf at Philly Sports FTW. 
Uh, where do the Eagles wide receivers, running backs, tight ends stand in terms of fantasy value? Are there any sleeper possibilities like Smallwood or Givens? And Adam, I didn't know this until today. You also write for Rotowire, just as James does. Baseball, football, we have all of it here. Let's lead this one off for you. Uh, the dogs are excited. The dogs, you- the dogs are big Rotowire readers. They read every day. They've read all of Adam's work. There, They're my so biggest fans. Yes. So where uh, are where do you think the 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 skill players uh, stand uh, for the Eagles fantasy wise? It is not pretty. It's not pretty. Um, I think the best position, frankly, is it's got to be tight end, just because of get ready for this. This is going to be Zach Ertz's breakout year. I'm sure you've hey! never heard that before. <laughs> not the last Ever. two freaking years. Um, I think I think Ertz comes about big this year. I think he'll be a top. Is this a hot take? Top six tight end in the league? I don't know if that's hot. Oh. I think he's going to be good. Uh, he and Bradford showed something last year, and I thought they uh, kind of clicked. Um, I think that's going to work better this year, and, and he'll finally have that year. Uh, the running backs, obviously, Ryan Matthews is going to play half the games because he's just an injury machine, so nothing, not much upside there. I think Smallwood would be interesting to take in the very late rounds just because you don't know what he is. In an offense that seems like it'll be balanced enough between passing and running, you don't, you know, you don't want to bet against running backs in a, especially when they're so young and the upside is so, you know, unknown. Um, but he could prove to be a bust as well. So don't take my word for that one. And uh, wide receivers wise, I mean, besides Jordan Matthews, you're really throwing darts here, just kind of praying. Um, if it works out well, I think Ruben Randall's an interesting option deep on your bench. Uh, Nelson Uh-oh. Aguilar, if he lives up to John's lofty goals, but I don't think he's going to. Um, there's not much to love here. There just isn't that much. If you want an eagle on your fantasy team, you got to really be willing to, you know, bite the bullet. Caleb Sturgis, that's your, that's your, or, or, Caleb yeah, your the de- defense, baby, defense, sacks and picks, baby. <laughs> Uh, and sprolls, you get those points from the returns. Exactly. But yeah, Johnny, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with with uh, um, Adam here. I, I I think Ertz too could. You know, I I like I think he's the best weapon they have on the team. But again, you know, Selleck's still here, Burton's still here. I don't, you know, like he said, a top six tight end. You know, he's probably going around tenth or eleventh of tight ends. So it's not a super odd take, and I, I certainly think he could easily get there. But um, I mean, outside of that, it's really an ugly team for fantasy. I mean, we've talked about the struggles on offense. Just, you know, think about it that way. Um, but I, I will say one kind of sneaky, uh, and none of the, I, I really don't like any of the lower, someone will step up and look, you're Wendell Smallwood. Maybe that's a good uh, zero running back type of guy to target super late. But um, I think Jordan Matthews in PPR might be undervalued. If you're not looking at the two, yep. you know, separately, because he's going to catch a ton of passes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be a lot of four and five and six and sevens, but um, you know, he could get a hundred catches. So I, I think for a PPR league, maybe there's a little bit more hidden value in Matthews, but otherwise, you know, I, I agree. It's just not a lot to like, obviously look, everyone has a value. Any starter on a team, depending on the size of your league, usually has a value at a certain point in your draft. Um, so, so these guys, a lot of them will be on teams. Um, but I, I just, I don't think there's a ton of upside. All right, uh, moving on to our good friend Matt Gumbrecht, who uh, asked a question just after we recorded last week, which is, uh, uh, again, another good one. Uh, James, if they made a BGN radio movie, which actor plays each guy? Oh, 
That is so good. Uh, Matt Matt comes with the questions. I love him. It's really it's really nice. It really does. All right, so um, let's start with BLG. Uh, whoever the tallest actor in Hollywood is. Um, uh, who's the guy that played Chewbacca? That dude. Boom. Whoever the guy who played Chewbacca, locked in. All right, done. done. Uh, that was pretty easy. Um, all right, then we'll move on to uh, to Matt Daring. We need someone who. Uh, is like kind of a, a academic about, ty- plays academic types. How about um, that uh, that Tyler Posey kid from uh, the the Teen Wolf series? Look, I think it kind of looks like him too. Look I don't up, know Google who it. that is, but I'm de- oh yeah, okay, I'll Google it. That's that, good. no, not you. I'm just saying the audience. Google oh. Tyler Posey. I think him and okay. him and Matt Daring are. I can are roll with close. that. I pick. can roll with yeah. that. Um, Patrick Wall is obviously one of the Helmsworth brothers. Obviously, <laughs> see um, see for Patrick, and I don't clearly. know the. I don't know the staff that well, but I'm just Adrian Brody, and I feel like it's uh, oh, look at because that of the look. nose, right? That's Can you see it? Call. That's a pretty good call. That's all I got. Yeah, I like that, that that's, that's my contribution to this one, but that's where I'm. That's where I'm at. <laughs> um, James, who's who plays James? Oh, that's man. right. Um, I don't. Who's the most likable actor out there? I don't. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Man, let's Paul, go Paul Rudd. Rudd. I could Paul be Paul. I will. T- what a compliment! Thank you, sir. I will see, take Paul. I'm Ant Man. I love it. Like a combination Paul Rudd and then maybe just a little bit of Antonio Banderas. Like just some, oh, somewhere oh, in the middle there. Like right right in there. A little sexiness there. I like it. <laughs> John, I think right, you nailed I, I, it. I, I think feel that was amazing. Answer. Yeah, James, who plays me? Wow, that is That's, a great question. Because the only one I can think of is if you if you dug up James Gandolfini. Oh maybe, my god, that would have been good. Uh, you're a little, you know, better looking than Gandolfini, no offense to James, but <laughs> maybe like um, a maybe like a Gandolfini Bridges combo like something like there was like i'm not as heavy as james but maybe somewhere in between there with like a i don't know an old man voice i love it who's got a (laughs) book oh yeah you gotta get like a morgan freeman voice because that's the only voice in hollywood that can compare to yours so yeah or some people have suggested that i can't seth rogan i don't know he's a little too he's a little too goofy see it but it's not yeah he's a little too goofy um, I, yeah. Whoever the biggest cornball is in Hollywood. Uh, how about, how about we go with uh, with with uh, Ryan Seacrest because you love him. <laughs> there, you <go. laughs> there you go. See now, Adam, I'm having a tough time with because I could go I could go pretty much anywhere with Adam. Uh, I don't know, That's Adam. Who, who do you think you would, would play Ooh, you on. best? Um, well, in high school and middle school, I always imagined that John Krasinski and I were pretty much the same person. Um, from the office, <laughs> right? I can see that. Yeah, that. personality for sure. Not not the look as much. Not but the look. Not, not as, I, like I used to have a lot more hair, so the, the look used to be the same thing. Um, outside of that, I got no clue. And I don't think anyone wants to play me. I like it. Let's so, go, Krasinski. That guy okay, needs work. I like, I like Krasinski. And finally, I left him for last because he is the actor in the group. <laughs> uh, ben Natan. I, I think you could. I'm going to give him Tom Hardy just because, one, oh, he can probably Oh, that's a act. good one right there. He can, nice. He, I mean, he's got the same kind of muscle build. He's getting towards it. Obviously a little shorter, but Tom Hardy's not the tallest guy in the world. I think think somewhere in the – so that's a pretty uh, – Hey, John, John real quick, a uh, little hidden secret. All actors are not the tallest guys in the world. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, very true. But Although, I, I will throw one more in there just in terms of, of the look – how about a little yeah. Damian Lewis from Homeland? An like older that. version of Ben. Ooh, I can yeah, see that, too. Yeah. Um, they're both gingers, too, right? So it, uh, it works That's out. why I went there. I was literally just Perfect. going for, no. for the first ginger I... that popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. A little bit of Damian Lewis, a little bit of Tom Hardy. I think that's... Uh, that, there, we, that, there I think is. that might be our best one. I think we nailed it. There you go. There. Boom. Uh, as James Hilser would say. So, uh, moving on to uh, uh, gotta, uh, at Gotta Be V. 
Another uh, fantasy toss-up. James, we'll start with you. Can Chris Ivory go in the top four routes? That is a great question, uh, John. Um, the answer is absolutely not. No, <laughs> definitely not. No way. Absolutely no. And look, I love Chris Ivory. I, he was part of a, a championship fantasy team last year, a, a nice hidden value, but I got him in like the 14th round or whatever it was. Or third. You know, he's a starting running back, so, um, you know, he's going to go higher than, than you would expect. But, I mean, again, look, depends on league size also, but... I wouldn't want to use one of my... I'd rather go zero running back than try and spend a top four pick on, on Ivory. Yeah, I don't I don't see him... Uh, I mean, if somebody's going to select him in your league, absolutely allow him... Allow them to take them in the top four rounds. That means somebody uh, like... I don't know. what who Who's kind of around there? I guess Lamar Miller or Eddie Lacy, Mark Ingram, somewhere around there. Maybe even Shady makes it down there um, towards, that, towards that fourth round. Uh, go for or the fourth overall or for, let me let me clarify this. It can't fourth be four. Overall. It has to be four rounds. Oh, oh no, top four, four rounds. Yes. Okay. I I I would say you're not thinking about Chris Ivory until you're at least in the sixth or seventh. Yeah. You agree with that, Adam? You've yeah. probably somewhere right around there. Yeah. Whenever you mentioned this question, I I looked up his numbers and just to make sure I wasn't crazy. And yeah, no, top four rounds is not where Chris Ivory belongs. I mean, seven touchdowns last year, only one receiving touchdown, not much diversity there. Um, he's not He's not a top-flight running back. He's good, and I don't think if you picked him in the top four rounds, you would sink your team, but I don't think it would be the best use of your resources. No, uh, and that's where, again, I just want to reemphasize why I'm such a huge fan of the zero running back theory, because right around that area, Chris Ivory is a good selection for that. I'll even throw in our old friend DeMarco Murray. Is a, is an okay selection for that if you're tagging shut along. your mouth, John. <laughs> <laughs> if you're tagging along, you know guys like Melvin Gordon are not going to be looked at this year because mm-hmm. the, let's let's do, he just had a terrible terrible go in his, his first run in San Diego. Geo Bernard is always going to be available around then, and guess what? He always delivers. <laughs> he always he really does delivers and and, and and bet on Frank Gorgon too. Duke Johnson's going to be right around there. There are again a plethora. Is that a word? Oh my God, John! What yeah, just plethora, happened? A plethora. A plethora is what I meant to say uh, of running backs. That again, where you're going to have that there. Allow people to go after Ezekiel Elliott early as much as Dear I God, think I yes. like him. Although, although Chris Christie endorsed him as. Like, I don't know, yesterday, so I immediately think he's a bust now. But regardless of all that, it's just, it's the same things there. There's TJ Yeldon, there's uh, even our old friend Danny Woodhead. Like, it, it just it just makes so much sense to grab the wide receivers that are available there and just, you know, fall in that way. Zig when you zag, all that good stuff. So, next question uh, from our good friend Demetrius Brooks, who's always given us uh, great uh, questions. The best locker room slash life speech of all time in a movie. Uh, the Rocky speech to his son in Balboa. Is it uh, uh, Pacino and Any Given Sunday? They both have to be up there. Adam, what's your get fired up speech uh, in uh, any kind of movie? In a sports movie especially. Um, my movie, my favorite movie for the longest time was Miracle. Uh, I grew up a big old hockey fan um, on the wrong side oh, yeah, of the Oh, yeah, by the way, Adam's a dirty <laughs> Penguins fan. I just want to point that out. Although he did grow I'm up never getting back on the show. Boo. Never Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
so the speech before they face Russia in the uh, so in the, the semifinals is just I mean that's that's money. Kurt Russell is excellent in that movie. I love it. That's the your this is our time now. Yeah, that speech, go out there and that, take yeah. It. yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll that, that gets uh, that gets me fired. I, I, I got an odd one, major league, major league. Uh, d- for John, some, that's for not some odd. Reason, yes, the two things that I and I'm I'll, I'll uh, this is how corny I am. So, well, there's only one thing left to do. Yeah, what's that? Win the whole fucking thing. And that's it. And I'm just like, ah, yes, <laughs> let's go do that. So that scene and this the very ending scene. When Taylor comes up to bat, I, I I choke up every time that happens when he beats that out, and you see Willie Mitchell's coming around there in a comedy. I choke up at that; it's ridiculous. James, your favorite speech? Yeah, the, it's uh, it's movie. Lou Brown all day every day. Even though Jake Taylor is the one who says "win the whole fucking thing," um, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that's where I was going to go too. But but since you went there, uh, uh, I'll throw one more in there. Obviously, the uh, I, the Hoosier the Hoosier speech sticks out to me, but um. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit because it was a movie, but gonna go with the TV and just any Kyle Chandler speech. Clear eyes, full hearts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let's fit. Let's finish it. Let's finish it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, to, in a, what is it? Uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights. Friday Jesus, Night Lights, the movie. TV show. Yep. I love it. I love it. Coach Taylor. Uh, all right, moving on to uh, our good friend Tyler Hampton. The chance that Jalen Mills is a starter by the end of the season. I would can say we let, yes. Can we let ESP field this question or yeah. no? <laughs> tweet it at him? Yeah, I'd say I'd say yes. We'll we're kind of <laughs> move on from that. I think we've Jalen Mills ourselves out of this podcast. Uh, from Johnny Williams, that's a pretty good question here. Pick three keeper players on each side of the ball to build around as starters in three years' time. So he's basically saying, who are your in three years from now? Who are the guys that you would want to keep? at this point on both sides of the ball, Adam. All right. Well, um, so they can't pick Jalen Mills, um, Mills on both sides of the ball. I'll, I'll uh, have to live with just one side. No. Um, so, yes, I, six, six players all together, I think he's asking for. All right. Three defense, three offense. All right. Offense, I'm going to go Jordan Matthews. And you forget how young this kid is. He's good. He's huge. So that's one. Um, do I I think I'm going to bet the house and, and go Carson Wentz just because I like, I like the kid. Yeah. I think he's talented, and I think in three years' time he'll be, you know, where he needs to be. And um, I guess Zach Ertz, he's also really, really young. So those three, you had a pretty good uh, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end trio right there. Pretty happy. I like it. Um, Defensively, where are you going? Defensively, I think Fletcher Cox is still young enough that you can put him in there. Um, Jordan Hicks is a stud as long as he's healthy. And... I think I'm gonna go Eric Rowe over Jalen Mills. I like Eric Rowe a lot. He showed what besides the Calvin Johnson game, which wasn't his fault. He showed a lot last year, and I think he's got a bit, uh, you know, a lot of upside there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's actually on defense. Those are those are my three, and I think that's pretty. Oh, the only other thing is instead of Ertz, I'm gonna go Lane Johnson that's uh, with that one. trio, but yeah. still still oh. the same trio. Johnny, we were so close. I'm going Ertz instead of Jordan Matthews, but. I mean, okay. sorry, Lane Johnson said, I'm going Ertz, Lane Johnson, and Wentz. Wentz and Cogs, I thought, were those are the two obvious, no yeah. matter what. Even Look, even if you're not the biggest Wentz fan, you'd have to take that risk. Uh, um, yeah. 
But uh, uh, defensively, uh, I agree with uh, uh, Cox and Hicks. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different way. I'm gonna go Benny Logan, man. I, I just nice. I think oh, nice. he's so underrated, and he is a really really good player. And I think he's gonna be a beast in this four three system as well. Um, so I, you know, I, again, I, I love Row too. Uh, but I, I think I, I think I'm gonna bet on Benny. I like that pick. Uh, another fantasy question coming from uh, Philly Fon three three three. Uh, I have uh, Rawls and the David Johnson as a keeper in uh, keeper running backs in late rounds. Should I roll with zero running backs and load up with wide receiver picks early? I'm going to answer this for all of us. No, 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 no. There's no re- if you have running backs, don't get rid of them. Especially like that, if they're those- already in the late round. That's the point of the freaking zero running back. You take him in the late <laughs> rounds, you've got him already. Yeah, and you David have David Johnson, have by the way, is like a top year. 10 guy, not just running back. Without like he's, a doubt. he's going in the top 10 of drafts across the board. So, yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, hold on to both of them. And you can still get wide receiver picks early. So, that's, I mean, that's the, I think that's the beauty of it. Unless you're, if, if you're asking that's going to cost you a first rounder by any chance, maybe I would think about it. Maybe. Because, uh, uh, again, there there are going to be other running backs there, but as far as the, I mean, there's I know that there's Rawls is actually man. I, I will say this: I think I think he's the only one that scares me this year because of some of the one of the hype train and how good he had. Yeah, well, the end he's and, coming off a big yeah. injury too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I look, other than I, look that. just yeah. It's what it comes down it, with keepers. It all comes down to value. You know that it really is. Look like. Yeah. Do I have some questions about roles? Sure. But if you have in the 11th or 12th round, you are absolutely not going to get a better player in that yep. spot for him than him. So, you know, it's all about value. Just look at him and be like, all right, I got David Johnson for a 12th round pick. You know, yeah, you keep him. You know, it's just you got to look at the value, what where they would go, you know, what you have and just keep the best values. That That's really all it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Uh, moving on to good friend Dylan at Philaticus. Will our planet be sucked into a sub, uh, super massive black hole existing at the center of our galaxy before the Eagles win a Super Bowl? Uh, I'm going to go with no. Gentlemen, Adam. Uh, I love Dylan, my man. Uh, I'm going to go no, but it's just because I don't think that's how the world ends. I think the sun will burn out. Is the, what will actually happen. The sun will burn out before the Eagles win a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, in theory, I'm with you, but but just a different ending. Literally anything, Adam, uh, anything could happen yeah, before yeah. the Eagles win a Super Bowl. I, yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, uh, from Philadelphia, what's up, buddy? Uh, who what was a good one? Adam, we're gonna start with you. Who would be more likely to front a Grateful Dead tribute band? Is it Bradford, Daniel, or Carson Wentz? I feel like I gotta go with Wentz here. I mean, he's such a, a, a kind of like a goofy guy. He's real laid back when you meet him. He's definitely a, a deadhead, and it real deep inside. He's not gonna tell you that, but if you if you <laughs> talk to him for an hour, you'd get that out of him. He's just it makes too much sense. James? Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, this is a no-brainer to me. I mean, if for nothing else, Chase Daniel and Sam Bradford are the most ungrateful dead guys of all time. Uh, So, and yeah, Wentz has a coolness about him. He looks like he likes to have a good time. You know, again, he's a ginger. I don't know why that makes me feel Grateful Dead-ish, but it does. Um, So, yeah, I think Wentz is easily the coolest, and obviously the answer would be the coolest. So, let's go, Uh, I'm just, I'm going Wentz based on the fact that I think he would wear tie-dye shirts. That's pretty much it. I think he's a guy that, like, loves 
tie-dye shirts and chicken fried steak. I can see that. Like we all do. So uh, our good friend Colin is a hot dog a sandwich. I think we've had that debate many times on the internet. I'm going to skip right past that, uh, by the way, a totally itch. And wow. the from it's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. <laughs> not a sandwich. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's uh, a hot dog. Sorry. Yeah, it ahead. was it was a hot dog sandwich when it's when it's made. Good gracious, people! Just because somebody comes out and says it does not, then say, oh no, it's no longer a sandwich. Good Christ! Uh, if you could, did some wait? Wait, was there? Did someone come out and say it? What? Like, was there like some sort of official thing on this? I didn't know there was yeah, actually so, an official ruling. Yeah, oh my god! They're like, we went back. We went back into the history books, and it was literally from like the hot dog found. Like whoever kind of runs the, I think the hot dog eating contest was like, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Nice. And, blah, blah, blah. and then, but then they also stated that originally it was declared a sandwich when it was when they first came over here. Like when people started selling them, and they were buying it was a hot dog sandwich. And like his uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. We can no one will ever agree on this thing, and everybody will be looked at a certain way depending on how you answer. Uh, from Docking Ted, uh, Adam, if you could trade for Ashlon Jeffrey right now via trade, would you do it? Ooh. Um, the wide receiver core is not great. I mean, it depends on what the price would be, obviously, but. If it made sense, it second would not a question. If it was a sec, I'll, I'll make. I'll put it a second round pick. Would you do it? Mm, it's but tough because you're have. so low on draft picks because of the Wentz <laughs> trade. But yeah, I mean, he's really good. He's really freaking good. You got to get Wentz weapons somehow. James. Yes, yes, a hundred times yes. Obviously, you know, contract situation. Like, I would want him signed, but yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would. I would do it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't think twice. Uh, I think about it for a second, and then I, at the end of a, a two-hour debate, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, you're right." So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would probably do that uh, uh, for the right price. Adam, how you feeling, man? It's your first show. We're very, uh, very happy that you're uh, on board with us here, man. Yeah, this was awesome. This is, uh, you know, I always had a face for radio, so it uh, makes perfect sense. And uh, <laughs> this is a good, this is a good first one. As long as you guys are okay with me being Penguins fans, which I'm sure none of you are, I'll gladly man, come back. I don't know. I'm still trying to. Th- I'm st- I'm, honestly, I'm, it, it weighs a ton on my head. Uh, and uh, James, yeah, I don't know, man. Any uh, any final thoughts rolling out here, bud? Yeah, I just feel bad for John Krasinski who's sitting there listening to the podcast, going like, "Wait a minute, one minute he says he looks like me, then he says he's a face for radio. What does that say about me?" Hey, I never said no, I was in his. Krasinski, I never said I was in the loyal, pockets of Krasinski. Loyal listener like John Krasinski is going to be outraged over this. Uh, hey, Adam, well, welcome, man. It's been fun. I enjoyed it. I'm not trying to make uh, friends out here. I'm just trying to be. The honest truth. (laughs) Well, uh, you're going to hear Adam a lot during the season. We also have uh, Alexis uh, Chasson going to join. She's uh, been uh, covering a lot of of Ohio State football. She's a big Eagles fan, and we're happy that she's on board too. Uh, And again, a lot of the newer shows that we're planning on on doing daily uh, are going to debut pretty soon along with we're going to get involved with the podcast app that you, everybody can download so if you like our show and you like philly sports um we're going to have one spot where you can go and get that stuff uh some more announcements yet to come and uh, some other exciting things that we're working on for the season but for right now i just want to thank everybody for listening to episode number 175 of bgn radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.
Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours.